Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast and for this episode we have a very special guest with us Ms Reena Tyagi who is the CHRO of Future Generali India Life Insurance Company Limited. Hi Reena thank you for joining us today. Hi good morning to all of you. So to begin with could you please take us through your career journey so far? Okay that sounds uh, yeah means it's been an interesting one I have been working for uh, more than two and a half decades now. and um, started my journey in human resources uh, and my initial 5 years of my experience was into hardcore talent acquisition and that's something that i really value because i think the experience in talent acquisition gave me a ability to understand business understand roles assessing uh, individuals whether in terms of the capabilities or experience so and post that obviously i moved i have moved across industries in my career journey and have been lucky enough to have been involved in industries which were one sunrise industries so really growing a part of the growing industry but also very people intensive which i think gave me a very good experience in terms of people practices and how people can be the biggest differentiators for uh, running a business I have worked in uh, my leadership journey in hr actually is now for more than uh, 12 years first in uh, airtel where i was heading human resources for the largest circle for airtel which was maharashtra and goa then obviously moving to manipal signa where i was responsible for it was a health insurance company and uh, responsible for setting them up from scratch was associated with them for 11 years and then now just 3 months back i started a new journey uh, with future generali uh, life insurance and happy to be a part of this leadership team so so i think for me as a part of my career journey key things have been being associated with people in intensive industries also i think when opportunities came up was able to lap them up and give more than 100% to them so i think that's if i really look back at my journey and if a couple of takeaways that i have to really uh, you know look at myself and and reflect on them it would be that when opportunities came i didn't have a second thought about it with a lot of conviction i lapped them up and gave my 100% so yeah that in brief sums up my career journey that's truly an inspiring one i must say and i mean that's you know grabbing the opportunities making the best out of it is what is needed the most and you can do it only when you love your work so since you've yes. had such a long journey it's it's reflective of the fact that you really like your work and you would like to do it every day which is amazing so if i look at your entire journey it's been like a span of 20 years how do you think the industry has evolved today like if you compare it with when the time you joined and you compare it with today and how have the roles and responsibility of leaders of today have changed yeah yeah it's a good question because uh, you know if you have to really look at the role of leader changing you have to really reflect on how the environment has changed right so how the dynamics of the environment have changed and i think a lot of us have been reading about it we spoke about we earlier used to talk about the vuca world right so for me there are three four things which really come to my mind how i look at industry being changed we were talking about the world being volatile uncertain complex and ambiguous 
And from there, now we're talking about a Bani world, and which is really about the world being brittle, anxious, non-linear, incomprehensible. So from that perspective, obviously, you know, the core is that the world is changing very, very fast. You know, data is the king today. Uh, so if you look at uh, that, information travels very, very fast. The world has become smaller, right? So that's how the external environment uh, around us is changing. So if you look at expectations from the leaders, also becomes the same, right? To me, some four things come to my mind. How, if I look at leadership, say, two and a half decades back or now, uh, is that that digital mindset uh, in leaders is very, very critical today. And when I say digital mindset, it is not just about, uh, it is not about technology or it is not about digitization. It is about your ability, first of all, your curiosity to know what's happening in the external world, right? How the world is changing. Um, uh, second is around your ability to preempt change and really look at opportunities and how you, it's not no more about reacting to change and adapting to change it is about your ability to preempt change and how are you responding to that uh, to that change we have heard of such great examples right and these are uh, uh, you know a case brilliant case studies around apple or some you know where you could look into the future and really see how the world is going to look in my area say or in related areas 10 or 20 years down the line really look at it is no more about addressing your consumers' wants and needs. It's about creating those wants and needs and giving something more to the consumer. So, so really, uh, digital mindset is definitely one of the things which I think is is very critical in today's world. Uh, second is faster decision making. We have to be more agile. And since the world is changing so fast, organizations or teams where decisions take time and who are not agile and who are not fungible, flexible, will lag behind. So ability to take fast decisions. EQ was very important all the time for uh, for leaders. Uh, but I think post-COVID, empathetic leadership has also become very, very critical. So, you know, leading your teams with empathy. Second, a large part of your workforce, we were talking about millennials, now we are talking about Gen Z. And, you know, we know that some of these, uh, uh, you know, our Gen Z friends actually get driven more by the larger purpose. Uh, you know, it is not just about, uh, you know, what what is my job? It is about the larger purpose that I'm truly addressing, you know, uh, uh, looking at, uh, you know, what my environment is. So hence, from leader's perspective, also to be able to communicate that larger vision, the larger purpose to the teams is very critical. It is not about driving your team for tasks, but it is about being your ability to be able to show that larger picture to your teams, right? And drive that sense of purpose. Hence, uh, you know, it is no more about, again, me as a leader, it is about shared leadership. It is about how can I drive transformation? So, so yeah, these are four or five things which I feel uh, that for leaders have, uh, have changed over a period of time. And I think this changes for good. It makes the space so much more interesting, so much more inspiring. You still need to continue to be an inspiring, motivational leaders and to add to it all these things. I think it's a great time for you to lead something or be uh, be a leader and working with teams and organizations. Yeah. Great answer, I must say. I mean, because you sort of touched every aspect of the environment, both micro and macro, which is amazing because times are changing. Everything is changing at a faster pace faster pace so obviously leaders also have to keep pace with it which is uh, amazing 
So now we move towards a little HR oriented question. So can you give me some insights on how businesses can align their recruitment strategies with their growth strategies? Because if human resource happens to be the most important resource in an organization. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I means human resource strategy or, uh, you know, people strategy can never make sense if it's not aligned to the business strategy. I think that's the first key, uh, key thing. We can no more operate in a silo. We have to be there right with the business at every step, right? So hence from overall strategy, definitely, uh, and since you touched upon recruitment strategy, acquiring talent or getting the right people for the right jobs definitely becomes one of the key uh, deliverable, uh, deliverable for human resource teams. And also the market today is so aggressive, so dynamic. Hence, your recruitment strategy also becomes more critical because you have to be very proactive. Uh, you have to have a very strong proposition to be able to get the right people. So yeah, aligning to business strategy, I think first and uh, most important thing is uh, first of all, understanding, uh, you know, your strategic pillars or enablers which are driving your uh, business objectives, right? Once that is done, then you you always have to go back to the drawing board and really see that from capability standpoint, uh, you know, standpoint, what are the key competencies that you require in your people for specific roles, whether it is in terms of leadership or it is in terms of functional competencies and truly look at that and then drive a capability assessment for the organization, right? So, uh, so really saying that this is where we want to be and this is where we are. Having a lot of clarity and buy-in from the stakeholders on that is very critical, right? And once you've done that, then obviously it becomes that, how do you want to drive it? And to me, in today's world, as I said, uh, you know, also growing talent from within is a very critical thing, right? Hence, when you're doing your recruitment strategy, having a build versus buy approach is 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 important, right? Obviously, you want to grow and build talent from within. And that uh, if organizations today fail to do so, uh, they will lag behind. Uh, second is you need to get the best in class talent from outside because getting in fresh blood, uh, getting in uh, you know diverse thoughts, diverse ideas is also very critical. So first of all, in recruitment strategy, defining what is the right balance for you uh, from build versus buy as per what capability assessment gaps you have is very critical to define your recruitment strategy. Then secondly, um, I think today uh, in terms of where are you sourcing your talent from, right? We are uh, really talking about a world where gig economy is picking up, right? We also know that post-COVID, with now organizations becoming more flexible, uh, you know, the universe of your talent has suddenly expanded. You can now reach out to tier two, tier three cities. Uh, you can, you know, reach out to talent who's to have taken sabbatical. I won't be gender specific there across genders, but, uh, you know, how you are able to really leverage the talent which is available, which is wanting to come back uh, to the mainstream, right? And that tinge of flexibility, which we have added, obviously now, even though COVID led us to being completely flexible, now that is moving to how do we find the right balance? Which are the roles where you can afford that people can, you know, work from home, be on hybrid, which are the roles where you want people in office. Once that is clear, then I feel uh, today to find the right talent, you should leverage on these two things, which is expanded talent universe because of gig economy and flexibility. So yeah, so I think uh, those are some of the key things that you need to look at your recruitment strategy. And last but not the least, having a very strong employee value proposition is very critical. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, that 
it is a mutually beneficial relationship always between an employee and the employer. So what do you have to offer uh, to the employee so that he stays with you? Uh, he comes to you, he or she comes to you is, uh, is important. So having the right employee value proposition. So yeah, those are my two bits on recruitment strategy. But again, I think the core things that I spoke about in leadership being uh, uh, being having that digital mindset so really you know looking at diverse thoughts diverse ideas hence diversity of candidates and when i say gender diversity is not about gender diversity but it is about diversity in true sense whether it is in terms of industry experience whether it is in terms of gender what kind of ethnicity people come from uh, but also that uh, take quick decisions be agile and obviously get your stakeholders involved that's what i would say in summary yeah, definitely very accurately answers and I'm, I answered and I must say that our listeners would also agree with that so now that we've spoken about hiring recruitment the next step that comes into the picture is retention of your employees which is I think equally important so as business strategies shift to adapt to new businesses realities conventional approaches to measuring the performance are unlikely to align with the business needs what are some of the factors that an organization must consider before adapting to the new strategies when it comes to performance measurement or retention? Yeah, you know, I'm a firm believer in the total reward strategy, uh, you know, if you have to retain your people. And when I talk of total rewards, it's obviously compensation becomes a part of it, which is in terms of your fixed or variable. But it is also about what kind of developmental opportunities you are giving to employees, right? What kind of an environment or culture uh, you are giving to your employees? Are you investing on their uh, health and well-being? Are you in the, investing on their individual development is it an enabling environment? Is it an enabling culture? Uh, second, are you making their job, you know, for example, relevant to the larger picture? So, so yeah, these are some of the things that we definitely have to take uh, keep in mind. I think over a period of time, uh, post-COVID especially, I would say the focus has moved over a lot towards health and well-being, right? Today, uh, organizations are recalibrating where do they want to spend in terms of their benefits. And I must say most of the progressive organizations are today moving towards, you know, investing or possibly being above the market as far as health and well-being is concerned. So, so I think that's a new element which has definitely come in. I spoke about Gen Z and millennials. So for them, it is important that what kind of flexibility are you offering to them? Are you offering them a very congenial, happy, collaborative environment? Are you respecting their personal space? So some of those things also very become very critical in today's world, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So as we move towards the end of this podcast, my last question to you would be around employee healthcare, considering that you're working in the insurance sector. So how important is the healthcare of an employee, especially the mental health? Because, you know, there's so much uh, things happening around, especially after COVID. People have moved to sort of hybrid work culture. Some of them have even moved to remote work culture, which for them could be a little deteriorating for some in terms of mental health wise, for some it could be growing. And what are some strategies that you suggest companies should adopt to take care of the healthcare of their company or employees? Yeah, yeah sure. Um, see, as I said, health and well-being has become a critical part of uh, what your proposition is today to the employee. Uh, and it is not just because we're in insurance and insurance, obviously, it becomes more aligned uh, to what our business objectives are and what are we trying to drive as a purpose, right, for the organization. But even in organizations which are not into insurance, post-COVID, health and safety has become a critical part of the strategy for employers, not because it's a fad, but because for employees too, today they are putting at the topmost 
priority as far as and that's the shift we have seen in you know how people are thinking right and you can always relate it to how our families are thinking and how our friends are thinking today uh, you know when you talk to your family and friends uh, earlier and we all know insurance penetration is low uh, you know as far as our country is concerned but today there is definitely a higher level of awareness around it right whether so you see your friends and family more than ever as people who are working in insurance industry coming to you and asking more about insurance uh, you know the concept and what kind you know how can it help them so you do have your friends and family talking about it you do have youngsters and your family and friends taking in for a lot of wellness programs so you know for me uh, you know what do you need to do for your employees is always you need to be in touch with your external environment and the way you see your friends and family reacting to things is what really a replication of uh, you know uh, you know what what people are looking at uh, so definitely health and safety is on top priority for today's uh, you know people today right and because of what we have been exposed to during covid what uh, you know some of these things can do to your financial health too right so uh, i think that's important hence as an organization we need to have a holistic uh, health and wellbeing strategy uh whether it is around your physical health it is around your mental health or it is around your uh, uh, you know financial health right and we all know that for an organization and a healthy employee will also lead to higher productivity right and uh, being able to really give because we talk about discretionary effort from employees they'll be able to give that to uh, to us if they are in the right uh, you know state of mind if they are in the right physical health and obviously they are at they are at peace as far as their financial health is concerned so i think from that perspective also it becomes our responsibility to ensure that we invest in that and we as organizations have to look at it holistically so whether it is around you know running employee ergs right you know around health right uh, so uh, creating communities uh, of people who are for example more focused on physical health running marathons sometimes i've seen that you know creating that community also creates a lot of awareness uh, and people you know i have seen it happening on the floor as far as organizations are concerned that it becomes so infectious you have a group of 10 employees who are uh, you know taking part in marathon or any kind of physical activity suddenly they are able to influence their friends so i think it becomes our responsibility to give a lot of visibility and resources uh, you know to employees who are interested in some of those things so creating uh, i think communities is a great idea creating employee assistant programs i think is another idea uh, that we all organizations must take up because in my prior experiences i've seen when earlier employee assistance programs used to have footfalls which were almost minimal or zilch today we take see a much higher uptake on that right so so i think creating those and also encouraging employees to reach out to some of these professionals if at any point of time you know they need to talk to someone right because uh, there are times in life when uh, you know possibly reaching out to your own uh, and obviously if you have a near and dear one whom you can speak to nothing like it but there are times when you need professional help whether it is regarding relationships whether it is around parenting or how you are feeling i saw during covid handling grief you know reaching out and if we as an organization were able to Uh, provide a good platform employees were reaching out to that platform and ultimately they came back to us and said that it was a great thing because i was never aware and sometimes when leaders stand up and say that i reached out you know for an employee assistance program to get uh, an external help or a counselor people 
you know, start looking at it with a more open mind. Uh, so, yeah, uh, and similarly, creating awareness around financial health is another important thing. So we have to look at health and well-being strategy holistically. And, uh, and, and, and it is important that we look at it because it is going to be a key part of what we are offering to the employees, not just now, but also going forward. Yeah. Which is, I think, very important because only when employees need that cater to, they will have a sense of belongingness to the firm and only then they'll be able to, you know, give their best, which is so important. So thank you, Reena, for joining us today and sharing your very valuable insights with us. Uh, I'm sure our listeners would also agree with me. So thank you for giving us your time. It was a completely my pleasure. Thank you so much, Archit. Thank you. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in. Thank you.